I'm Courtney. I'm Joe. And, and this, this is Courtney, Courtney and Joe, Joe Spoil, Spoil Everything. everything. Courtney Brown, put down your weapon. It is episode two. Uh, we're doing our season finale of 24. I want to hear your thoughts, please. I really, really love this. I liked this because I liked the cast better than the original cast. I know that we always talk about in a pilot. We're like, oh, we miss those people from the pilot. I didn't miss a freaking one of them, except for Jack Bauer, obviously, and he was in this. So I really loved like all the cast changes. I liked the relationships that played out. I loved all the action. So um, I really enjoyed the two-hour season, um, the two-hour series finale of this. What did you think? I only slept about three hours last night. You want to know why? Because I was up thinking about what a hot piece of shit this was. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I hated it. Um, the video quality was a thousand percent better, um, but it seems they blew their budget on this finale somewhere else in the epi- in the series. You're shocked. I think when what? How, how am We're I shocked? Okay, you can't have a finale of a show without a single person from the beginning of it to show the character develop. No background, no flashbacks to original storylines of uh, season one. They didn't have any of that. They didn't have anything that usually goes into what we watch. And the ending was horseshit. It was like Game of Thrones. They tried to put 18 different storylines together and a 30 second video clip changes this woman's mind about international treason. Like it's just horseshit. Like I hated it. I was like, this is two hours that I'll never get back. This is our first disagreement. And I'm excited. (laughs) We're going to have our first fight because hell no, I didn't give a shit about anybody in that pilot. They all sucked. And everyone in this was so much better. Like they were just more dynamic. They had better character development in the two hours than probably Kim Bauer had in her whole freaking career on this thing. It it was much, Um, much better. The action, like I actually gasped. I was, really enthralled with this at one point i did like a maniacal laugh and justin's like what the hell are you laughing about in there? so i was really really into it well whatever we're gonna bring our guest in and we're gonna get rolling on this all right let's introduce our guest so we can get his hot take on this uh our guest is today is ben rathbun he has a background in film he went to film school at nyu he was an editor and an animator for different indie films music videos now he kind of works um on the tech side of things he works with ai applications uh, at a startup company but he is still heavily invested in television and pop culture and especially the show 24 so i can't wait to think i can't wait to see what he thinks about what you think uh all right ben go on say hi greetings everyone glad to be on here guys thanks for joining us not a problem ben, please- Please name drop some music videos you worked on. I've been dying for like three days. <laughs> uh, are you familiar with Fueled by Ramen, uh, based out of Seattle? And this was yes. a long time ago. So okay, so uh, Under Oath, Seosan. Okay, right in my email playlist. I like it. And Berlin and uh, some promotional stuff for Fallout Boy is probably claim to fame there. Oh, okay. Cool. Joe loves all that stuff. Oh, yeah. are you? Uh, okay. Right. I have an emo Joe playlist. It's just all my emo days, all the way up. Me and my wife got married, um, and the day after, we went to the last Warp Tour down in Nashville. Okay. I actually, Yeah, promotional. I was actually worked on one of the first uh, Warp Tour uh, promotional commercial sets. Yeah, it was interesting. Back when they actually did skateboarding. It was very it, cool. <laughs> I think there was actually, yeah, I think there was a skateboarding uh, background clip. All right. Let's dive into it. I will give you credit, Courtney. The cast is way better in this. For sure. The actors are really stuck. When I saw Freddie Prince Jr. I must fall off the couch. I was like, oh, I didn't know. Like he's finally in something besides she's all that. Um, excuse me. Summer Catch is one of the greatest films 
of all time. It is a cornerstone of American cinema. <laughs> uh, being from Massachusetts, talking about the Cape Cod Baseball oh, League. God. I bought a huge poster to bring to him and the guy that's in Scooby-Doo and Scream to sign because they're both going to be at Comic-Con. They both canceled. So now I just have this wow. giant summer catch poster that I can't do anything. Oh my God. No, Matt <laughs> Lillard is super nice and he's really good to fans. So if you ever have a chance to meet him at another con, he's great. To be fair, to be fair, uh, in the lead up to season eight, when they first announced that Freddie Prince Jr. was going to be in it, I shit. Are we allowed to swear on this? We swear all the time. Yeah. Okay. I, I, sh- I shit my pants out of fear. Like this was something that I was not looking forward to. He changed my mind. Yeah. He, by the end of it, I was, I bought in. I, I, uh, I 90% bought in cause he's still a little bit too pretty. I was just going to say, did yeah. you think he was too pretty to be in the action show? hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. They should have. Did he fight anyone? He doesn't seem like the fighting type. He's like a computer nerd. No, he was, he was, he was CTU uh, admin all the way through. Yeah. If I remember correctly. I could see that. I thought he was really good because I, you know, I wasn't sure he's really good in obviously like romantic comedies, but I wasn't sure either. But then I thought he did a really good job. I mean, he did, he did a super serious thing, but he wasn't cheesy about it. And he was good at like, kind of like leading things. So I, I enjoyed him in this. (laughs) They had Cherry Jones who plays the president. She was in the perfect storm, the village. Uh, 112263, which I loved, uh, based off Stephen King novel. Um, the UN secretary, it's the guy from yes! Frickin' I was excited. I, I was fun. like, oh man, he's so much older now, but I like grew up with that dude. He, he's my uncle. Like he was on TV and when my mom watched ER all Yes. The yeah, he was a big one in that. I got excited for him. There's a lot of familiar faces in this. In the first episode of 24, I mean, I know it's a pilot, they're probably getting like, you know, they probably spent all the money on Kiefer and then they had whatever actors, but um, there was a lot of familiar faces in this one. And I was, I was excited about that going in. Throughout the, actually throughout the seasons, it attracted a lot of big names. There was um, like the Game of Thrones mother. I forget her name, Michelle something. Uh, the girl from Dexter was in it. Uh, those, those are, yeah. William Devane. I'm a big William Devane fan. So, so I bet it's because cool. it picked up so much traction because each one, each season seems to be like its own kind of like mini movie type thing. So I imagine you can kind of just throw anybody into these different seasons and they're going to work out well. And you're hundred percent right. They usually came in the form of a mole or a CTU uh, director or the terrorist. Right. right. <laughs> Honestly. Exactly. Do you know that Kiefer was paid $40 million per season? And when you think about that, it's pretty impressive because there's only 24 episodes to a season. And if you think about like Friends, which ended in 2004, they were paid $1 million each per episode. So he was paid like a pretty good chunk of change to be in this show. Well, I mean, he was God's gift to television. I mean, look at him. It's funny you mentioned Friends because that's my only uh, reference point when I talk about actors, TV actor salaries, is friends that earned a million dollars each. Yeah, because that was like the big thing at the time that they were getting so much money per episode. But if it ended in 2004, that's like the midway point of this series, 24. Well, so, I've also read that the Friends residuals are like 30 mil a year. So it I, that kind of offsets whatever it was per episode. Yeah. <laughs> we pretty much lost every other character. Um, and And Ben. I need some, I have some questions. I'm going to get the questions early on this because I need some backstory. Um, what happened to Nina and the soul patch guy from episode one? All right. I, so I listened to the first episode, the 24 episode, and there's a lot of details. Uh, I, I, many of your predictions are not right, by the way, but well, we'll obviously. get to that. Um, <laughs> all right. So Nina, uh, to, you guys, uh, you guys actually 
keyed on to something early in the in season in the, the first episode that there might be something between Nina and Jack, and there was. Uh, they actually slept together prior to the the first episode, so they had a thing, right? Yeah. So Nina. Um, and that was uh, that was again a cause for controversy or a cause for uh, friction between uh, Terry and Jack, you know, throughout season one. Um, so Nina uh, turns out to be one of the original twists, uh, uh, the, an information broker. She, she was one of the main moles in um, season. Oh, she's a double crosser! I knew she was a piece of shit. She sells information. She sells information to the terrorists. So here's the kicker, right? Uh, <clears throat> so Jack discovers this probably about halfway through. And obviously, you know, that's in throughout season one, Kim and Terry, you know, they get, they get themselves in a lot of trouble, but by the end of it, uh, Terry is actually back at CTU, um, you know, waiting for Jack's return. Right. So, uh, Nina and Terry kind of have their moment together at the end of the season. And we don't really know what happens. Um, at the very end, after the terrorist threat has been eliminated, Jack goes back to CTU, you know, hugs the daughter. And then in the very last scene of season one, uh, she's looking for Terry, who's who was tied up in the back room in CTU by Nina. So Nina's been taken care of, put in, uh, not killed, but, you know, uh, oh. she was captured. Um, she was captured. So he goes in the back room and we have our original twist ending that had a lot of effect on a lot of the shows after this and they killed off the wife they killed off terry right there in jack's arms and that was the whole end of season one did the guy that was driving the wife around have anything to do with it uh janet york's father yes yes <laughs> he so he is not actually janet york's father he was um, he was he was, he was basically he was a terrorist asset that was responsible for handling kind of the the sub assets uh, outside Jack Bauer, trying to control his family because Jack was a target. So, yep, he was a uh, he was a bad guy. He was all fumbly with the phone and shit. It was so it was it was off putting. I knew it. Joe thought they were. Gonna <laughs> yeah. do also, one last one. What happened to the senator, the all state guy? He 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 made it through. He was he was successful in season. He was successfully lived in season one. He made it all the way to season five. I could be wrong on that. Five. And he was then killed off by a sniper bullet right in season five after his presidency. And just for reference, he did not cheat on his wife. He didn't have any issues, marital problems. He was a man of honor. I, I heard those comments. Oh, um, no, he was good stuff. There, there was a lot of good storylines around David Palmer, but uh, yeah, he was he was a solid he was a solid human being. Well, so. I told you because people thought that he, you know, there was some credit to to him becoming like a push for Obama's campaign, right? You know, there was, I was reading an article about it. So, by the way, Joe, uh, I it, I appreciate your call out to Major League because that's where actually I first fell in love with uh, Dennis Haysbert as well. The old "fuck you, Joe Boo," I do it myself. <laughs> oh man, that was amazing. Because he doesn't he doesn't look anything like he does now in that movie. <laughs> he looked like two different actors, yeah. and it took me a minute to be like, "Oh my god, I remember him so vividly." And I go back and like watch Major League at least once a year. And I just love how he just sits in his locker with his bat and talks to it. That's like literally my favorite. Yep, a little yep. voodoo doll. <laughs> um, very bad. Very bad. <laughs> you know what was good about him? That the, uh, he kind of made the series ahead of its time because it was the first one to feature an American, African-American president and the first female president. So uh, he's kind of got a lot of notoriety around that part. Very cool. Do you want to hear a couple other fun facts that long time? Yeah, let's hear. Let's see. We'll, mm-hmm. Let's quiz Ben, huh? So, Ben, do you know what the safest time of day is in the show 24? <laughs> oh, it's got to be. Can I guess too? Yeah. 
it's not it's not consistent right it's it's i mean it's it's like, someone kind of analyzed it and they came up with like between this time and this time is the same lunchtime it's lunchtime it's like one and two uh, so we're talking real time okay well then it's gotta be between one and three o'clock probably no 9 a.m and 10 a.m that's when the least amount of deaths occur oh do you know when the highest frequency of deaths occur whenever the last episode no i don't know whenever the whenever the torture scenes take place which is usually Six, two seven it's, yeah it's, it's right after dinner yeah. it says um the highest frequency of death occurs between 10 and one minute to the hour but nobody ever dies during a commercial break and then what are the three things that they say that jack bauer never does that you never see him do on the show uh betray his country no no it's more like one thing yeah, betray his failure. no it's um going to the bathroom, eating or drinking. So they usually like say those things happen during the commercial. Of course, I did see him eat that snack pack in the first episode. So that's bullshit too. Um, I got two out of three. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I suspended my disbelief on those. I'm, I just assume he, he took a, he took a piss every, every commercial. It was like when we watched scandal, we're like, this day has been going on forever. No one has gone to the bathroom. No one's eaten. No one's slept. <laughs> no one changed. Yeah, basically, basically the same thing here. A note on that, though, credit to the writers. Like, you got to imagine the writers' room on this, right? Like, like piecing together this thing, and in in there inevitably is going to be holes. But the amount of lack of thinking we do do about that is a credit to as a testament to how how well they put it together. Yes, stuff slips through. Yes, you know, people teleport sometimes. (laughs) But um, but no, it really did seem to be like they were. Like, even when they would end up in another office, it did seem like the appropriate amount of time passed for them to get to one place to another. I mean, it, it was pretty spot on. In those episodes, yeah, it gets it gets, it gets gets ridiculous sometimes. Like, there's a three-minute trip to another city, maybe. I don't oh, know. yeah. I might, be, I might be embellishing a little bit, but there's, <laughs> there is stuff. They were, good. they were good about being consistent, because another um, fact I read was that because it takes place over the course of a day throughout the entire season, this cast had to have their hair trimmed every five days so they would like look consistent as the time passed so that i mean they were trying to really be like yeah yeah, they were trying to be on top of it good wardrobe department yeah (laughs) shout out courtney kilmartin who was always my wardrobe lady yes courtney and i did a lot of projects together we actually designed clothes together made from products that wb mason makes so she was pretty cool that's pretty cool yeah all right so let's dive into the live view all right all right so we open episode 23 we have jack's team trying to find him he's on some sort of rampage and they're worried he's going to assassinate the president of russia i didn't expect that he would go rogue well i, th- I think they just dis- they thought he was like going to and obviously we get to a point where he himself thinks he's going to but i'm not gonna lie this is very repetitive to do the russian boogeyman thing i felt like they had the pivot after the um the middle east due to um 9-11 and I thought, like, this is just an easy way to go is towards Russia. And I know we talked about it in Scandal. And I talked about how I how I, I work with Sergei Khrushchev. Yeah. But I didn't, I was like, another Russian boogeyman thing? Like, come on. I think, yeah, I think, it, like you said, it's kind of just an easy place to focus on. Um, they obviously wanted to change kind of from the Middle East and make it more like peaceful negotiations with the Middle East instead. I mean, I don't know. Ben would obviously know more of the evil characters that presented themselves, but the, the, the way they generally handle this, and and again, you're Joe, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of redundancy here, and it's sometimes it's you know it's it's Chinese funded you know uh, conspiracies for the U.S. and Russia. Sometimes it's Russia funded for China and U.S. Um, one thing they did do was while they 
they were very careful post 9-11 obviously to you know not you know focus in on the islamophobia right like like let's not yeah portray them any there are there are persons that you know that 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 are involved in the terrorist plots but all the country all the middle eastern countries are made up like like kurnistan and there's they make all the they made all those countries oh oh. yeah like dahlia she's from the irk and that's made up and i was like yeah okay well that's kind of nice then i guess so so Overall, though, the, the themes are, yes, they do reuse them, but it's not like the country entity. It's more like bad players within Russia that's kind of uh, affecting that's yeah. affecting these things. So so my main note about this first part of the episode is there's so much back and forth. They're trying to uncover so many layers that we don't see Jack besides like partial glances until 13 minutes into the episode. Yep. I had, I had finally... added that down that towards the end, I said, geez, I really would have liked to see Jack Bauer more throughout these two-part episodes. We, we saw a lot of other people besides him. It was just that they're trying to wrap this up so quickly. You can tell, like, they were running out. Apparently, um, if you want to give us some backstory, there was a big incident that had just occurred maybe an episode before, two episodes before even. Yeah, you said he died um, six hours ago, and I was like, that boggled my mind. I was like, what? Yeah, it seems like they're still reeling from some sort of incident that happened. And of course, Jack killed someone within um, the Russian dignitary that was responsible for some sort of spying or something. Didn't he stick him with like a sword or something? I saw really quick. <laughs> yeah, it was like a it was a short. I don't even know what it was. But yeah, it was the pointy end of a stick. Um, but the, the larger the larger plot uh, in the in, in prior in that season was um, President Taylor was kind of faced with she had that peace treaty that she was trying to handle and, and work right, but there was again Russians were trying to go behind the scenes. Anyway, so there was a nuclear attack in L.A. that was um, part of that was part of the threat if they don't release you know one of the one of the terrorists that uh, Cherry Jones's character was kind of holding the yeah. U.S. was holding so. Um, the, the, the nuke ends up going off. Um, and it's either that you're referring to, or it's the fact that Omar's wife, um, or I should say Omar, uh, who is the fictional president of Kamistan. Yeah. Uh, he was actually, he was actually assassinated as well. So I I think what you're referring to, if if it was Cherry Jones was the fact that, uh, the peace deal was falling apart because Omar was assassinated. If he was in, in favor of this peace treaty, what did they kill him for? There was a part I couldn't put together. The Russians had the Russians were invested in having the peace treaty fall apart, so they can uh, for for a lot of gains. Um, um, mo- mostly to gain control. There was a lot of uh, there was some subplots inroads to the United States, like trying to gain control of certain functionality, government functionality within the United States, including. Uh, a, a, a TV favorite, uh, Charles Gregory Itson. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but Charles Logan, he was like a president turned bad throughout the seasons of 24. You guys, you guys weren't introduced to him. Oh, he was the guy that committed suicide at the end, or he tried oh, to commit okay. suicide at the yeah. end. He was actually president of the United States. I don't know if you picked up on that, but well, they, um, said, they kept saying president, and I was like, is he? I thought she was the president. Yeah, I caught one mistake where he said, oh, go bring it to the president or something, the chip, and then it was in the vice president's hand. So obviously they they had some like loyalty to him still being the president. Um, it was um, not Pillar, but the other guy who who brought it to Pillar. Yeah, was he like the former president, or who is the president of the United he, States in this episode? Ch- Cherry Jones. Okay, that's okay. Thank you. And and uh, but but when you're not president, after you're president, people still refer to you as president. So that's, right. That's, okay. That's all that was. So 
Because I thought maybe he was the VP and he was trying to get rid of her because then he would step up. I wasn't. Yeah. Okay. He no, he, he was a former president, which was it turned bad. Wasn't had the best interest, so he was actually impeached or removed. And um, yeah, he was kind of called from. He never really got uh, jailed or imprisoned, right? He just got a slap on the wrist and yeah. probation or something, whatever. Anyway, so he he still had a lot of play. In, or he in still looked like he might be kicking to the end there. Yeah. So it, yeah, he's he's alive and he's going to be held accountable. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we finally see Jack after 13 minutes. He's in the back of yeah. Jason Pillar's car, who is an ex FBI agent and the vice president's personal assistant. I got um, pumped when he showed up in the back. I go, whoo! Like I got like it was like it was a really good like twist. Well, you knew it was kind of like leading up to that, but it was a good. I was like, oh, finally, here we go. He's gonna kick some ass, but nope. Um, <laughs> he Jack has him uh, bring. Well, Jason brings Jack to the UN, sneaks him in. He's the only one in the building. Um, and he, Jack plans to go after people that were responsible for a previous attack. He knocks out Jason Pillar. Yeah, he like pistol whipped him. I did kind of feel bad when he was sitting there crying, like I have a daughter and stuff. I was like, oh, don't kill him. And then he just like pistol whips him and put him in the trunk. So, I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but the, there was a, and you probably didn't see this, but there's a character, Renee Walker, who was a minor love interest for, for, for Jack in like season seven and eight. Renee Walker ends up getting killed by the same faction. And that's what kind of sets Jack off. And I, that's what, that's one of the things, that's why Jack's kind of going crazy and killing everybody. Like he's like, screw it. Everyone's done. Like, and that's why kind of goes after everybody that's yeah because they mentioned her they mentioned her early on and then they mentioned her a little bit later and i was like who's renee walker but the way he was talking about her it seemed like i didn't know if it was like his wife or girlfriend or what but yeah that makes yeah i caught on to it in the flashbacks and um in one of the flashbacks to one of the episodes so i kind of made that connection we now have a a, uh the scene with dahlia and president taylor um that was pretty intense so president taylor says the u.s will release uh, proof of intelligence agents from the IRK responsible for nearly detonating a nuclear device on American soil, and they'll retaliate with military force. It'll be decades before Dahlia's country recovers. So kind of threatening. Uh, and we kind of see that President Taylor is a little dirty, and we, we get the sense that she may be in on something if it wasn't uh, apparent or abundantly apparent beforehand in previous episodes. And we get to see that there is this peace treaty that's coming, and now there is... She's basically Dali is being forced pretty much under gunpoint uh, in order to sign this. So that's when, uh, you know, you feel things really start picking up in this episode. Yeah, um, she basically threatens her with like war, like the whole U.S. is going to take out the Middle East if she doesn't go sign this peace treaty. Like it's so it's an oxymoron. Yeah. And then, you know, right after we have Jack, he learns that his daughter is still alive. Well, I Wait. learned that his daughter's still alive pretty yeah, much. Yeah, we learned. I, I, was gonna... <laughs> I wrote it weird in my notes. I was going to say, we thought she would die for sure. So we get this scene where Jack has finally made it up to, it appears like some penthouse roof deck, and he decides to make a video for his daughter and um, you know, give a heartfelt speech about why he's doing what he's doing, what they might hear about him, what might come out. They might portray him as a traitor, but he wants to do this video. So he's making that video and it's the first time he hasn't like whispered yelled in the whole episode. Like through the whole episode, he was doing this like whispering yell. Like it was was oddly intimidating, but I'm also just like, speak up. Like everybody else is talking at a normal level. Well, you have Chloe come up to have to try to stop Jack from assassinating the president. He has his gun all set up and everything. And so far I've watched two episodes of 24 and the only ass that Jack has kicked is his own people's ass. (laughs) And he just put him 
both in sleeper holds and put Shut them asleep. Own. And that's the only thing I've seen so far. And I'm pissed because Jack Bauer is supposed to be an ass kicker. And so far, I haven't seen a single ass actually kicked. I've seen like pistol whip or just like go to sleep real quick. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, so you brought in the first episode I, I listened to, you brought up the fact that there was a lot of real world repercussions for the torture scenes in 24. And they're, they're real. Like it, every season. I mean, there's ear biting, there's Tyson ear biting. There's, I mean, he goes right. off on people. So the bad guys get it a lot worse than the good guys. Let's put it that way. So, but you're right. I think, I think those happen traditionally to two thirds of the penultimate episodes, stuff like that. So. Yeah, he uh, he just like choked her, and he's like given to it, given to. It. I was like, is he killing her? I wasn't sure. I'm not familiar. You can tell with that he's still morally sound at, to some point, but he's just a little crazed right now that he's trying to do what he feels is is correct, and he's going to do whatever it takes for his kind of narrative to be to be written. I I, I take it, but it takes you know ch- these people chipping away at him throughout the these two episodes for him to really come to his senses, and then do things diplomatically yeah um, they uh i mean right down to like the moment he's gonna pull the trigger on the russian guy like she's basically like talking him off the ledge and kind of like talking sense into him because i wasn't sure i almost like the only one downfall i didn't like was like i'm like oh, are they gonna make him seem like the bad guy because he's not supposed to be the bad guy make jack seem like the bad guy yeah they were kind of like almost pointing in that way. I know he's kind of like gone off the rails a little bit, but. Well, leading into the end of the series, supposedly. I mean, there was definitely a movie planned out of this, right? right. <laughs> but yeah. um, it, the whole goal, I think, the whole narrative was, you know, all, all, all bets are off. Jack, you know, how far will Jack go to, uh, you know, get the mission done or save save country, right? So um, I, think, I think one of the goals of the writers of the whole season was to you know, finally let loose on Jack. And that includes, you know, crossing those gray lines into very dark gray black lines. Right, just like murdering seven people. And wearing a leather jacket and a pair of jeans is like not the most comfortable attire for being on the run and trying to take down the government. I was (laughs) But again, he but again, Kiefer Sutherland's a god, right? So I mean it doesn't really yeah, it doesn't really affect him like it does humans. Exactly. That just says that he can pick up a motorcycle at any point in time and ride it. That's what that says to me. Did you hear so what you're said right. no successfully <laughs> and fast? Successfully yeah. <laughs> ride a motorcycle and do a, maybe a slide if he has to. Um, <laughs> Joe, did you hear where they said Nokia? I go, did she just say Nokia? And I like rewound because <laughs> I think oh, no, they still have using, like, the Nokia phones, phones. but they're still pieces of shit phones. But they didn't no iPhones or anything like that. Of course, they don't really put those. They didn't, couldn't use the iPhone. That was why it was so clever when the little video was hidden in her cell phone. She had the little part where she could like pop it off and hide the video in there, so that they didn't need any friggin' iPhones in this. Yeah, right. Have you ever tried to fit anything near that battery? That doesn't work. Um, so Chloe goes up and she talks to Jack and Jack tells her to shoot through, shoot him through his shoulder. His heart's on the left side. Why would she shoot him on the left side? I said, what why is she shooting him in the chest? Like- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to that, I mean, to that has to be believable, right? So it worked out. So. Oh my, I was <laughs> It was so intense. I was like, I'm practically on my feet. I was like, what? what? Like, what's going on? <laughs> he's already injured. Now he's going to get injured more. When he when she finally shot him, I almost threw up. I swear. Like, the way she shot him, I don't know. It just, like, it took me aback. Yeah, because she was nervous. Her hands are shaking. She's about <laughs> to shoot him. And he pulls his gun on her, which probably makes her more nervous. And somehow, miraculously, it doesn't hit anything. It goes clear through. And everything's okay. How did she plan, like, when they're like, oh, 
It didn't hit any major arteries. Like she was up there with a shaky hand and those fucking high heels that she shouldn't have been wearing. Yeah, and she like, even admitted she doesn't know how she did it. Yeah. But that's a dead giveaway for the bad guys to then go after her and get the chip before she can upload it. And Freddie Prince is like, dude, what the fuck? Like you keep telling me to do this and now this. And now I'm going down with you. And he's kind of just like thrown in this mix. Yeah. Well, um, she, they get the whole time, she looked like the the cat that ate the canary like she looked like she was gonna start stomping her feet the way she was acting like a teenager there for a couple minutes chloe's the personality that grows on you she was in it for a long time she's in it since season three and i know i know you guys had some reservations on her like that annoying sidekick annoying techie but she her she had a lot of catchphrases she became like an internet phenomenon early internet phenomenon with her like witty like dry humor like one-liners throughout the season so she she grew on you i could see i could see that it, it was let's put it this way it was heartfelt at the very end of the whole show when jack took you know three four minutes and or whatever it was and and you know told chloe how much he meant to her i didn't think you'd be the one to have me that meant for the longtime fans that really meant something that was like a payoff for us um, is he like one of those people that didn't really like give her credit or is like pushed her like pushed back and never really like let her in and then that was kind of like the big moment where he let her in and he finally it, it, it was but it was more like jack was too busy kicking ass and torturing people to to you know thank people <laughs> so, <laughs> he yeah. wasn't sending greeting cards at christmas i mean presumably i assumed it happened in the 18 month spans between the seasons but <laughs> oh never my know. God. well the guy that comes to like pat her down seems surprisingly lucid for just being pistol whipped an hour before then like and his and then he gets his ear bitten off yeah when <laughs> When he bit that ear, I literally stood up. I go, he just got Mike Tyson. Just was like, what's going um, on? Actually, it'd be Holyfield because Holyfield was the one who got his ear. Oh, yeah, so I'm going to dive back into the show since we've completely gone off the rails here in the timeline. Um, the the president, vice president set up uh, a hit on Jack. And guess what? Because the show ran out of budget and it's such a piece of shit. They don't even show the ambulance crashing. They just, so, they just show him crawling out of the ambulance. And I'm like, come no one else survived that besides you. There's obviously someone in the back of an ambulance with you at all times. This is the absolute, I'm, I'm pissed. I was just so, I was over it by the end of this episode. I was like, all the money is spent somewhere else. If not, yeah, but on this, this kind of puts a hole in your theory that nobody dies off during the commercial breaks, though. I guess so. Because yeah. those ambulance people, the drivers definitely got killed. Yeah, I, well, what the fuck happened? They're like, She's like, he's about to get ambushed. And then it's like, cut to, he's falling out of the thing, bleeding, and everyone's dead. I was like, what What happened in that little time? Frame? Bad producing. That's what happened. <laughs> Wait till we get to Game of Thrones. I am going to explode. It's going to be a three-hour thing. I might end up in the hospital with high blood pressure. Like, pre-stroke conditions. Because this got me there. Like, I, I was pissed at it last night. I was like, people deserve better. Like, I want to see shit blow up if there's such a show that that is so, you know, well thought of and stuff and it still like holds up. And I want to see it like I, I didn't just I didn't get it. So obviously there had to be something else. Like you were saying, they're setting up for a movie. Um, they did a season nine. It was you know. still exciting, though. It had a lot of well, excitement. It's not just a movie. They they were setting up for a, another twelve episode season, yeah. like, <laughs> and then a movie. Well, we'll so. get to that later. But but then we go and we're at the peace treaty. And can we just talk about how bad with signatures were on that peace treaty? <laughs> there were horrid signatures. The guy's pen jumped at one point. Yeah, there was. He didn't even complete his signature. He looked like 
he signed it with his teeth. Do better. You know what? I started to like that president, Taylor, at the end. We've liked most series, except House of Cars. It was a fucking nightmare. But this is a way better, like, lady president than Claire Underwood. I mean, she had a lot of, um, she had a lot of range. She had a lot of layers to her. Like, particularly in these two episodes, you see her first, she's kind of a ball buster. Uh, Then she kind of, like, silently weeps when the lady gives her the pen. Then she's making threats of war against the Middle East. But by the end, she's like on the road to redemption. So to me, I enjoyed that scene where they're about to sign because you can see like the wheels turning in her head and her kind of like two sides of her personality, like fighting against one another. For sure. Yeah. She's, she's, she was very dynamic. A lot more than just the straight up written bad guy presidents of the past. So they did a yeah. good job with the first female president. Yes. I mean, she's really trying to do the right thing and she's even ready to like face the consequences and she's going to save Jack by the end of it. Like she really shows some depth just in the little time that we've gotten to know her. No, she was very good. There were a few that were very good. There were some that are very stale. Pretty much anyone that worked for the CTU was pretty stale. Well, they're background characters. Another note on Cherry Jones real quick. She was in season seven and eight. So in seven, she was written a lot more like you tell me and I react. So she wasn't nearly as dynamic in season seven. So they, they did, they did, they did her justice in season eight. Yeah. I mean, she showed so much vulnerability, even on her face. I was like, because I was worried that this was going to be a lot like house of cards where you get to the end and they're like, all right, we've been going this long, like just kind of like stoic and like, all right, let's get through this episode. But there was so much depth and so much emotion. It was really surprising for me in kind of like an action thriller type show even by the end of it when i was tired of kind of exhausted from all the the the, the reoccurring storylines so it was the characters that you just kept coming back for so yeah i mean even jack like, jack's still kicking ass after an injury like they have him handcuffed he's got an injury a gunshot wound he's handcuffed he's bleeding but he still like gets up to try to kick the guy's ass like he is never gonna give up he is he, he, and he was cat and keep in mind he was he was captured and tortured at least maybe six or seven times throughout the cat the course of this whole the series. <laughs> oh, he's built up some resiliency. Yeah, you guys were actually talking about you guys were talking about season five and why season everyone calls season five the greatest. Yeah. So if you wanted a little insight into that, that was because end of season four, Jack got captured. He, he didn't get captured. He actually gave himself up to the Chinese. So season four ended with him on a storage going a storage ship going over to. Everyone thinks he's dead, right? Yeah, so season, f- yeah. yeah. So season five is all about. It was really good because it had a lot of those reintroduction moments. Like, holy shit, you're still alive, you know? Yeah. But even with his daughter, because his fan, everyone thought he was dead except for the president at the time. So. I had jotted that down because I, that was one thing that I thought. I said, I bet you in one of these seasons he's got to like die or like seemingly die, and so I'm like, oh, it's got to be four because why would everybody be so? into season five well of course they are they want to tune in and see if he survived and here he comes like a phoenix rising from the ash <laughs> so. by the way joe you're asking for another one of uh a tagline for uh, uh jack you probably one of his big ones is damn it chloe <laughs> like he loves using that one too i forgot about that i found i found something really funny with the damn it because Kiefer sutherland as we know is kind of like a bit of a drinker so he found out that these college kids were playing a 24 drinking game where every time jack bauer would say damn it they would drink so in one of the episodes he changed the script so that he said damn it 14 times in one hour (laughs) got like hammered (laughs) that's pretty awesome that's good production that's good production so the peace treaty uh gets backed out uh president goes and calls off the assassination 
they let Jack get, pretty much get a head start and start running. He's just like, they gave me some time to get out of the country. Okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> like after he gives that like speech, it's pretty much like, okay, bye. This is the end of it. Like if I'm sitting there and this is my finale and I've put, I've had emotional connections to his character. He just gave a great speech and then they're just, that's it. That's it. <laughs> The clock counted down to zero instead of counting up. That's like the only thing that changed. I was like, this is horse shit. <laughs> Do you realize the balls it takes to look down the eyeball of a predator drone and just be like, fuck off, I'm out of here. They can't even see it. They like went to the sky and it was just a picture of a bridge. I didn't even see the, the damn thing in the air. They must have like thought I was dumb and thought it was like some satellite. Like I was watching. It was like the North Star up there. But why didn't they give him like, why didn't they send a car for him or something? Like, is he going to walk to the airport all bloody and... No, because apparently the president can't help him. They say that they're going to come for him too. Pretty much everyone's right. going to come after him. He just has to run. Well, yeah, she's going to give him like the time he needs. Well, that secret lair that he escaped from was basically held together by black garbage bags. So, I mean, it, was, it wasn't going to take anything from there. How did? Can you just tell me how season nine started? Wait, was he on an island drinking a pina colada? I, had, like, I, I found it. The reason it's so ambiguous is because they want to do like this quasi season nine. Basically. <laughs> it, it, season nine wasn't even a thing at that point. At that point, they thought they were going to, it was going to be a full movie. They're going to release in theaters and everything at that point. So it was, you know, he'll come back oh. for this one last adventure, but then everyone got excited. Jack wanted, you know, more $40 million contracts. So he signed on for a season. The movie never happened. I'm still waiting for it, you know, 10 years later. So. Well, I think, well, I found out that like when season nine picks up, like, four years later. Uh, well, they call it 24 live another day. He's like in London, which is such a dreary place. <laughs> like, Why wouldn't you have gone to like an Island? Like Joe said, be sipping up being Nicoladas. Like you're in rainy ass London. But, but let me guess his phone rings and they're like, we need you for one minute, one last mission. And he's like, son of a bitch. I'm in. <laughs> right? I'm going to let you down here. Cause I actually don't remember how he got pulled back in. It was a president. <laughs> it was someone wants to assassinate like the current president of the United States. who's like an older gent. And so he, yeah. he he like teams up with Chloe again, but she's kind of in trouble because she's been doing her own like hacking things. So it kind of goes off from there, from what I have put together. Well, so Corny, we didn't totally nail this one no. with our predictions, but we that's okay. We, I mean, we did get a few things right. I mean, they used his family against him. Boom! They did it nice and early. Yep. Oh, you good. got the tape in, inconsistently. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Kim, Kim, Kim was consistently taken throughout every episode she was ever in. Yep. Yeah, I read that she was taken eight times. <laughs> Out of her own stupidity, I'm glad you guys understand like the Kim whole Kim dynamic now. Yeah, why can she's you so explain us her to us a little bit? What the fudge? It, what you saw in episode one is literally the decision making skill she carries out throughout her. Even. Even with those skills, she still gets hired to CTU and and still makes those kinds of kinds of decisions. Um, by se- end of season three, though, they 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 took her out, and she was just a kind of a reoccurring character. Well, I, kinda, I wish her. she had a cameo in this. Did you miss? Did you kind of like miss that there wasn't like she didn't show up at the end or anything? No, nobody liked Kim. She was gone. We're happy she was gone, and she she made an appearance in like season seven or season season six. So it was that was good enough. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we got that right. I would have preferred if she died, but like she was gonna get pulled. We thought, you know, she's not gonna last. Yeah. The wife wasn't gonna last. Boom, wife. Oh, that wife me. was out. She was out. If you guys get a chance, watch that scene at the very end of season one. That's that's a good one. I was thinking about going back and watching all of season one because, like I said, they're kind of like mini movies. I can almost just watch that season and have it be like one complete. I just want to watch one fight, please. Just yeah. like one actual <laughs> knockdown, drag down. 
they almost gave it to me at the end when that guy was going to let him go and he like got up and kind of tackled him onto the sand pile yeah. and then they kind of put Jack back on his butt and I'm like oh, god, god yeah. damn just one fight please I've been waiting all this time you know what I thought was intriguing about the series finale as a whole, though? The events take place from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. So that's kind of the time of day, like, some people are napping or they're kind of winding down in their work day. And then behind the scenes, there's all this terrorism lurking and murders and conspiracies and just craziness. And, like, Jack Bowers, like, lived and died three times in two hours. And it kind of, like, makes you wonder, like, what we don't know about, like, what who might actually be saving us on a day-to-day basis the, these people exist Courtney, and the, the what this was this was basically a, a character a u.s character portrayal of of the real heroes out there that are saving us they'd never get any credit shout out this, to is, them. this is a true story it's that's what it comes down to yeah well i mean within reason I'll tell you what, though, you can never balance that kind of life with having a family. So, and I'm glad that that storyline. I'm glad the fact that that's not possible played itself out in the season one storyline. You could. That was something that we commented on in the pilot, right, Joe? Like he's he's kind of this dad, but he's also got this crazy, incredible job. And it's like, how do you balance the two? And Joe is basically like, yeah, he sends the wife out to go find the daughter, and like, I gotta go to work. Yeah, it was basically it would have to come down to one or the other. Like Jack would have to like hide his, I thought it would either like have to hide his family uh, and like go like witness protection type stuff. And he was going to have to go off on his own or like they were going to get dismantled, which obviously happened. But the thing is, I didn't get the end. And I'm, that's what I'm really pissed about. I didn't get Jack's ending because you want to know what? I bet you they wanted to end it the way I wanted to end it. And then they fucked themselves because they want to do the movie in the next series. Yeah, they want that cash cow. Money, money. Yeah. Watch it come out after this. And then we have to dive back in. Yeah. And I'll watch the first 20 minutes of the movie and then the last 20, and I won't see a single action scene. That's what's <laughs> going to happen to me. That's not true. <laughs> oh my God. Ben, what do you, we kind of gave, Joe and I have very different opinions of the series finale. What is your overall impression as a longtime viewer and a real lover of the show? I, I was I, bittersweet. I was glad it was over because I don't, I mean, every, I mean, it was nukes. I mean, how many terror different over overarching you know terrorist plots can you come up with and how many different times can you reuse the same countries because they did reuse the same country so i was glad it was over um but jesus i i mean i i miss them like i want it back like i want it back right now but well i feel like they could, they're doing that a lot with television shows right like there almost should be like a new formula for television where they're like all right we're gonna do a show for six seasons and then 10 years later we're gonna come back and we're gonna do another like four seasons. Uh, but i still want for sutherland like you can't do it like i'm not gonna accept a younger you know sexier pictorial dri- pectoral driven male lead you know or female lead even taking up this role like jack this is jack's role so i, I hope that so this is why i didn't like the uh after live another day they did another season in 24 and with i can't think of his name um, oh it, but Kiefer wasn't in it i, I can't think oh of god name. why would they do that it, it fed it fed the split screen fix that i needed which i know you hated joe <laughs> but <laughs> it was um yeah it was not good I yeah, liked I, it in the, I liked it in the in the last episode. I will say that I didn't mention it in the beginning. I was gonna it's just the way they trans too. transitioned the boxes in and out now was much smoother. Yes, I yeah. didn't look like I was like watching a Windows ninety eight like version of Zoom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where everything was like so boxy and grainy. They just like they and then they moved. I, they didn't just stick. They actually moved with the character. I don't know if you noticed that when they were on the phone. Yeah, that sure. they would move alternatively. Uh, on the screen, which I which I enjoyed. So, like I was saying, the camera work was far superior. Obviously, I'm guessing just due to technology. But 
and that good old aspect picture uh, pixel ratio increase. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, aspect ratio on that and and frame rate. Um, As someone who has done editing before, what did you think about how the technology progressed in this and how things were edited and, you know, it was on for several years. So how do you think about that? The only thing I'll say that I really appreciated and I understood from the beginning was that it makes the editor's job infinitely easier if something is well written and thought out and organized. I think the editing on this was a, a ridiculous challenge. Um, I, I know because I've seen the rooms they had the behind the scenes of like just every walls, like the old whiteboards were just overflowing with just, just time. the whole thing is a timeline. Like you have to, right. everything you do, you have to check it against everything else to make sure it's like the continuity is stays the same. So, um, it, but the editor's rooms were exactly like that. Like they had to make checks on themselves just so they don't cross any boundaries. So there was a lot more, uh, there was a lot more writer editor, uh, interactions and checks and scrums or stand up, so to speak. And I know, so yeah. it was definitely a challenge. My biggest thing would be making sure the time of day is correct because you would obviously have to film multiple takes of each scene right. and then you're going to get different lighting uh, in each one. That's something that I didn't pay attention to, but now in retrospect, um, you know, that would be something that I would find extremely difficult or maybe something that I didn't pay attention to the way shadows and stuff move around each of the individuals as the scenes progress and so on. So. Especially for outdoor scenes, because I think typically, I want to say a shoot day for this when I kind of looked it up was maybe like more than 10 hours. So it's like, yeah, you're right. Like the lighting's changing. The settings are kind of changing. you got to keep that consistent. Yeah, I used to have to keep an app on my phone when I was out in the field to track the sun um, just to make sure we didn't get any of that. Um, depending how long we were doing each scene and so on. So, right. I mean, we never really ran into it, but I could see of like a really, really, really complex scene in this where you have two, maybe three takes of like big car crashes or, um, you know, a lot of effects and stuff like that. I could see how that could, you know, pose such a problem. Yeah, It's one thing just to do it out in the field. And then it's another thing to actually go back and look at all of it. So over eight seasons, Ben, what would you say is your favorite Jack Bauer moment? There's a scenario in the end of season two where Jack is, on a plane with George Mason. It's just them two. And they have a nuke in the back of the plane. What them and it's can't be, it has to be remotely detonated, right? All the, all the typical tropes of, you know, remote detonation is um, out, out of the, it broke. I'm sorry, not remote. It has to be locally detonated. Okay. So it, he, George, George, George takes one and there was an emotional moment. And I like George and George was like, all that, always that hard ass. Like, I hate you, Jack, but Hey, you know, you're probably what's best for this country. Um, so there was this moment where he goes down with a plane, Jack jumps out, skydives down. But the, the, his appreciation of that moment was probably one of my. It wasn't a. It wasn't one of his torture scenes. It was that escape because up to that point we really haven't hadn't seen much of an emotional connection out of a crying Jack, so to speak. Even though he wasn't crying because he's too yeah. much of a man for that. Um, but anyway, George going down to that thing, and then he lands. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland lands, and George, you know, goes up in a nuclear blast in the middle of the uh, Arizona desert. Um, that was probably one of my favorite moments. Well, I like that it's. I like that you didn't pick an ass kicking moment, and that was more of an emotional moment. So that kind of says something as a fan of the show. Yeah, yeah. If I was pick an ass kicking moment, it probably would have been the ear bite because uh, it was so raw. Um, yeah. <laughs> Animalistic. I, yeah, yeah, he, he ripped it up. Yeah, he, he. I don't know. He just tortures people right and left. So I mean, you did get kind of numb to it after a while. What about least favorite? Least favorite moment was anything with Kim. I, it's just, it, I never believed the relationship. I never really gave a shit. I never really believed that he cared about Kim enough 
to make us think that oh this might be another plot point away from he like he is country his his thing is country first what not what i can do for what my country could do for me like what can i do for my country right i never believed that I believed in a second that he would just throw Kim out the window if it meant saving the country. <laughs> so. Country God family. <laughs> yeah. All right, everyone. That was 24 episode two. Ben, thanks so much for being on. That was awesome. Uh, Courtney, I'm glad you liked it. Whatever. Um, I loved it. Everybody <laughs> watched 24. Yeah, I might give it a shot. Who knows? I just want to see one action scene and maybe I'll be happy. Uh, but. <laughs> Make sure to follow us on Facebook. Our Instagram is Spoil Everything Pod. Check us out. Uh, leave us a review on Apple. Five-star review. That'd be the best thing you can do for us. I don't know what we're doing next. I think we're going to go down a sci-fi hole a little bit. Oh, yeah. We're going to... Yeah. Let's do some sci-fi. I want to get weird. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for having me, guys. Mm-hmm.